Um, Channel 10. <laughs> Today's episode of Channel 10 Podcast is brought to you by Channel10Podcast.com. When you go to Channel10Podcast.com, you can check out our back catalog of great episodes. And you can also help support the show by clicking the store link and purchasing some Channel 10 Podcast merchandise. With that, let's start the show. Please be like, see you then, Channel 10. And we used to think that people would catch on. You know, but if you're not from Queens, <laughs> if you don't got Time Warner or whatever, <laughs> like, well, I didn't know. Do it, yo. yo, what up, man? It's a different channel, son. What up, on, man? What up? Watch the channel, son. Different plane now, man. It's all good. What up? All good, baby. In every hood, son. What up? Yo. CNN Network Channel 10. It's on again. Street niggas is grown men. Bold face, get in your face. Stay in place, yo. Crime lace. Cast more beef than Scarface. CNN Network Channel 10. It's on again. Street niggas that's grown men. Bold face, get in your face. Stay in place, yo. Call is now being recorded. Yo. Yo. Welcome back to the Channel 10 Podcast. This is the almighty AR and I'm alongside Sing Good. And we are in the building. And uh, we were just having our, our usual pre-podcast discussion. And um, I asked you if you had seen Martin Shkreli, or Shkreli as some people pronounce it on The Breakfast Club. So uh, what were your thoughts on that? Um, well, overall, I would, I would say that I don't truly understand why he's even on the breakfast club. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to really say about the dude. I mean, it seems like he just wants attention for real and he's getting quite a bit of it. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to figure out why he was on there too, because usually people come there to promote something. Um, I don't know if he's just trying to sway public opinion into his favor, um, given that, you know, his trial is coming up and a lot of people really hate him. Um, I will say that I did learn something, um, but it seemed like maybe his lawyers prepped him for the questions or something like that. Um, so, you know, Charlemagne asked him, what is he doing for Black Lives Matter? So then he talked all around it and talked about his black mentor and then started talking about, um, who was it, Percy Julian, who mm-hmm. was like the first, um, uh, black guy who, um, created a pharmaceutical company in the fifties and how he saw a picture of him and it just makes him want to cry and all this other type of stuff. So that, you know, made me, you know, make a note to go look into Percy Julian. Um, but Charlemagne, you know, I guess he saw what he was doing. So he was like, okay, yeah, you know, some black people, but what are you doing for the movement? And he was like, well, you know, I have a lot of stuff going on with this trial. So I'm really just focused on myself right now. (laughs) So I thought that was pretty interesting. And then like, you know, um, when Charlemagne was asking him what made him decide to try to bail out Bobby Schmurter, and he goes into his constitutional rights and all of this and that, and then Charlemagne was like, "Yeah, but there's a there's a lot of people going through that right now," and then he was like, "Well, I don't know them. I just happen to hear about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really know what to make of all this either." Yeah, and then like, 
I found out that the whole thing about that congressional hearing that he had and how they they mentioned the uh, the Wu Tang album. Oh yeah, and uh, he just pled the fifth. He pled the fifth to uh, every question, I believe. Hmm. And um, apparently he had some type of smirk on his face when Elijah Cummins was talking to him. And Elijah Cummins was like, "This isn't funny." You know, people out here dying, talking about how he, um, his company jacked up the prices for the AIDS medication. And, of course, he did explain that on The Breakfast Club. And his explanation did kind of make some sense. Um, but, you know, for him to be sitting there with a smirk on his face is kind of like, you little prick. But his lawyer was like, well, he was just nervous. But I don't know. He doesn't really seem like the type to get nervous. But it is a different venue, I guess, when you're being grilled by Congress. So, I mean, yeah, I can I can only imagine. But I don't know. Is it just me, or it seems like some kind of weird, like Wu Tang thing is mentioned every so often in in uh in the congressional chambers? <laughs> what What was the last one? I think didn't Raekwon go up there or something like that? I mean, no, like, I'm, I'm thinking about just like a, like a congressman, um, you know, just mentioning something about like a Wu-Tang or whatever. Mm. Like, uh, uh, remember, like, I think, was it like Marco Rubio? Like, he, like this had to be almost like 2008, 2009, if he was in office during that time. Like, I think it was him, like, mentioned like Killer Army as like an example of, for violence or something like that. Oh, yeah. For the, um, talking about the DC sniper. Yeah. Yeah. And, um. They were talking about, I guess, the five percenters, because apparently, what's his name? Whatever his name was, he was a big Killer Army fan. Oh, sure, yeah, he was. I mean, it's, it's just it's so crazy how, uh, you know, Wu-Tang is <laughs> rather relevant. They find some kind of weird way to become relevant in these new eras of, you know, hip-hop and, I guess, popular culture up to a point overall. Yeah, and, um, you know, um, now I'm thinking about it, uh, RZA recently injected himself into the conversation of, um, I guess, the perception of young black men when he said, basically, um, that, you know, we need to dress differently so white people won't be afraid of us, and I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> Did you uh, see that? Uh no, nah, the only thing uh, was that the was that like this the the uh the Bloomberg business interview? I believe so. Oh yeah, probably man. You know I uh I, I was just interested to see what he had to say about the 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 Scrully guy. But other than that, I mean, you know I I just sometimes I I, just, I tend to zone out doing RZA interviews because I don't feel like hearing that shit. <laughs> and, oh man. And you know this, this kind of goes back to what I've said before about um. What was it on, um, ironically enough, actually, on, um, on, uh, what's it, the, the last Wu-Tang album? I bet it's tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. 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 So, you know, like the, like one of the few decent songs on there, the one I think about the, the, the chain or something like that, the, the one that has Master Killer and Rizzo on it. Yeah. No, you're talking and, about. Yeah. And I said before that he just sounds like, like an old black rich man. <laughs> And sometimes I can, that's all I that's all I see whenever he talks nowadays. Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of funny because he does old black rich man things like 
he'll just pop up on your album and just do a song. <laughs> yeah. Like he did on uh, Kid Cudi's album, and then he did it on, what's the guy, Blake, um, I must say Blake Griffin, uh, James Blake. Yeah. His name. Yeah, like, really just pops up and just does a whole song on your album, and you produce it, and you don't even really have any vocals on it. <laughs> Yeah, man, you do that, and he has his own line of speakers out. He's he's living in he's living in between New York and L.A. and you know he he has like a I don't know I read some interview and apparently he has like a driver <laughs> or whatever like that. So I mean I don't know, man. It's and I and I wouldn't call him I wouldn't call him like bitter or anything like that. You know he just has certain views, but. You know, if you get into like, you know, people like the Lord Jamars of the world and everything like that, when you just start sounding like an old bit of five percenter, mm. uh, you know, after a while, it, I just it's something I just can't really get into. I mean, you heard what Taxstone said about the five percenters. <laughs> what would he say? He said, um. You know, something about the 90s, everybody was a 5%er and getting the knowledge and everything, and that was all cool. But, you know, as time goes on, you know, it's some same dudes, and they just strung out on crack now. Yes. Well, 50 did say that he knows God of law. He used to pump crack on the street. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say about these, these kinds of people. And Lord knows, I mean, if... If there's another episode of, of Lord Jamar that comes out, I don't know. I mean, he he should just get his own podcast. He should. I mean, hopefully Vlad is, you know, breaking him off some good money because um, Lord Jamar has brought Vlad a lot of viewership based off of, you know, his, his, his comments, which people consider to be controversial. You know, the thing, the thing about Lil Jim, I don't, I don't see, I don't really see his, all of his comments is like all that controversial. <laughs> I mean, I think now in this age of liberalism and political correctness, you know, anything that you say that isn't aligning with what you're supposed to think in these days and times is controversial. Like anything that you say against, not even against, but if you have an opinion on something like, Caitlyn Jenner, for instance, that doesn't align with, you know, complete 100% support and, you know, whatever, even though, you know, research on certain things is kind of inconclusive at this time, um, you know, you're going to get backlash for it and it's going to be considered to be controversial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, uh, I, I think that he would, uh, he do, I mean, he has the person that, like, the perfect personality for, like, a radio show or a podcast or something like that. And I remember when he was, like, on the, on the Combat Jack show, he pretty much took over the entire show. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't dropped more music. I mean, I don't think he's really, he's, he hasn't dropped anything since the 5% Percenter album, right? Not that I can think of. Yeah, you know, but but you know the the thing that I will I will say about that album was the packaging is so ill. Yeah, yeah. Which I and still I, have. Yeah, mine actually 
It got messed up. I'm wondering if I can still find it somewhere. I'm sure you can probably just cop it on Amazon real quick. Yeah. I, I don't I don't see too many of those being, you know, swept away. Yeah. Speaking of packaging, I I still got to get the stimulus package out of the freeway and Jake One joint. I mean, you had it before, didn't you? Nah, I meant to get it. I'm, I was probably like real broke around the time that came out. <laughs> man, I don't think I even listened to it, man. Oh, man, that was dope. But um, I'm a big Freeway fan. And um, his music is really interesting because at least now it seems like I don't know. I guess I guess a lot of our rap heroes are becoming, you know, old middle class black men, and the way that their old middle class black madness is um, manifesting itself kind of depends on the person. So, like with somebody like Freeway, he just drops like all of this Muslim stuff in his bars, like. You know, he'll just be rapping, and then he'll just say something about the prophet, and something about, like, and, he, you know, he's been doing this increasingly throughout the years. Like, I remember listening to him, um, talking about, you know, you want to wear a beard because it's cool, but I do it for the prophet and all this other type of stuff, so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his lyrics used to be, like, I guess... You know, like, Nasty Nas can't ride on the freeway and, you know, all that other type of stuff. But now, you know, it's becoming more, I guess, it's kind of positive, but it's also, um, you know, has that judgmental type of type of quality to it as well. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I listened to the, um, the Beanie Siegel Rap Radar episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, this morning, and you know, it, it's it's interesting because uh, I I was kind of thinking like the like the uh, the the same thing that you're thinking now. Um, when Beanie Siegel was talking about you know he's married and how he met his wife, and whenever they were like kind of asking like some like a, like a questions about groupies from back in the day, he just kept talking about his wife and his children, <laughs> and and you know if uh, if someone told me that Beanie Siegel in 2016, will, like, will be this way, or at least, or at least say these things at all, just based on his, you know, his character. Uh, you know, throughout the years, I would have said nah. Mm. So it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's interesting, man. Like, you know, I mean, I, like you know, like, like a lot of these, uh, a lot of the um, of these uh, guests on a lot on a lot of these podcasts and how they've grown and toward the end when they get into like the you know what they're doing now they're going on tour and then they talk about their wives or something like that and and their yeah. children and how they drive around minivans and shit yeah, i mean it is, <laughs> it is a beautiful thing to see you know because a lot of these people when they first started their careers you know they were in the middle of all kind of craziness and on the run and you know now to see them evolve and you know be able to better that situation and you know have good lives you know that's a positive thing that hip-hop is able to do that for people i just have a fear of and you know we talk about this in other venues but you know when people reach a certain status and then they forget how they once were and then kind of cast all this judgment on the youth for the things that they're doing 
um, you know, and I think it's something that, you know, as I get older, it's, it's something to struggle with. I guess it's just a natural thing. I mean, yeah, bro. I mean, yeah, I, I can, I can see that. It's, uh, it's funny too. Like I, um, I listened to, uh, Method Man's interview on Smokebox. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess, I guess would it be on the Smokebox and the Smokebox, whatever. Could it be um, real something? Yeah. Mm. Um, and you know he's talking about, you know how he how he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to rap anymore because you know when you get to a certain age you know you gotta start worrying about your children since they're getting older and trying to maintain your family structure you can't be going touring all throughout the world every five minutes when you have a whole bunch of people <laughs> um, in your house at home or whatever like that. Mm. So it's um, it's just it's really. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with within like the next five, five, four or five years, especially when you look at a lot of people who are like kind of considered, you know, at the helm of uh, hip hop or whatever like that. And they're all rather, you know, pretty old. And, you know, Drake isn't the, the youngest person in the world. Yeah. And I mean, he, has, he has people sleeping in tents, making beats. So... <laughs> so any kind of any kind of talent he can snatch, so he can, I guess so he can keep that, that that type of energy around him. Yeah, I mean, like, oh man, I think how old is Drake? Is he like my age, or he's like a year younger than me, a year older than me? <laughs> he's like what, like twenty eight, twenty nine, isn't he? Yeah, something like that. But um, I guess you know it's 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 interesting how you see the transition in people's music, like. I was just thinking about David Banner, and you look at him from when he first emerged on the national scene with Like a Pimp, and then look at him now having like meetings in front of Congress and doing albums with Ninth Wonder, and then you have um, somebody like Cormega, like when you hear his first uh, material, even before like the realness and everything, like when you hear like the Testament and the stuff he was rapping about, just the sound of his voice, like how he just sounds just young and violent you know, versus, you know, how he is now, like, his, uh, last album was just, was just straight positivity. <laughs> yeah, man, I, <laughs> and, uh, who else, like, uh, well, you know, I will say that, you know, for the most part, Mob Deep has kind of, like, kept their sound, but, you know, Prodigy, and how he's kind of, kind of evolved over the years, too. Yeah. And it, like Black Rob years ago, mm-hmm. when he had that uh that that song with uh that was produced by True Master that that had, had like a whole bunch of uh Paracon uh clips all over it. Yeah, yeah. From but he's like I didn't know he was that old though. I mean, he's been out not out, but he's been around the game for a minute. Yeah, and you know, I, I still have yet to listen to <laughs> listen to the, uh, the the Black Rock Report, the one the joint they came out with on Duck Down, and then this he has a new album coming out if it hasn't come came come out already, right? Probably. Yeah, he has a lot of shit. I gotta. I need to go back and listen to. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Black Rock. A lot of those dudes who were um, around Diddy, they were all real dope. So. But um, yeah, man, it's just 
it's just interesting to see the evolution of of, of hip hop and you know where it's gonna go next. Yeah, I mean, and matter of fact, speaking of that, future future's like thirty three. Mm. He's like he's Jesus right now. <laughs> so. And um, what's his name? Anderson Pack. I think his birthday is February eighth. He's um turning thirty, and he just got signed. <laughs> Yeah, got signed to what, like a a fifty year old at this point. <laughs> yeah, how old is Dr. Dre? <laughs> he gotta be like fifty. But I, yeah, I, yeah, I think he's he's older than fifty. But um, damn. I think I think it's cool. Like when you get in, or maybe he is fifty. Let's see, how old is Dr. Dre? Yeah, he's fifty. Mm. Uh, Maybe fifty one, February eighteenth. But um, I think it's it's cool when somebody gets on later, because like sometimes when you see an artist's evolution, like if they get on like in their late teens, early twenties, sometimes they lose. You know, like you appreciate seeing their growth. But they might lose what it was that got you interested in the first place. Whereas somebody who gets on later, it's like they come at you as more of a complete person. And mm-hmm. they might have been just grinding and they had that evolution to themselves. I guess their own type of artist development to where they got a whole bunch of the bullshit out of the way. And, and you know, the general public didn't have to be subject to that. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good point. Cause like Anderson Pack, when you hear his music, sometimes he sounds like an old wise man. <laughs> <laughs> like he he got his voice down, like he got everything together. Like I would be interested in hearing him and Kendrick Lamar do a lot of collaborations. Oh, I'm sure that's gonna happen soon, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's all all we need: Kendrick, Anderson Pack, and and David Banner. so I don't know hip hop is in an interesting space right now yeah and uh, Kanye is 38 sheesh I didn't realize he was that old man so he wasn't he must have been 10 years ago he would have been 28 so then a couple years before that he would have been 26 yeah, but yeah, about 26 when College Dropout came out. Mm. Damn, so I wonder how much, how old Lupe is. That's a good question. And so it, it seems, so speaking about Lupe, it seems, it seems to me that that, that EP came out with, what, like early last year? Was it Feral Height? Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like no one didn't really pay too much attention to it. No, I mean, people don't really pay attention to things Lupe does. The only people that really pay attention to what he does are, like, the hardcore fans that he kept from back in the day, which there's a lot of them because, you know, he can really rap. And, like, people who watch Sway in the Morning and watch him freestyle. Well, I mean, you know, it's, uh... And he did put out that album last year, too. Oh yeah, with Tetsuo and Youth, whatever it's called. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I listened to the EP. I have yet to even listen to, to, to Tetsuo and Youth. But the EP was surprisingly good. Because, you know, as you know, I'm not the biggest Lupe fan. Yeah, I mean, the album, you know, it's probably like, I mean, it's definitely in his top three of albums. Um, It's just very dense lyrically. Like, you got to just sit down and listen to that shit. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's saying a lot there. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I have, uh, actually, shit, I don't think I have it anymore, but, oh. yeah, I'll probably sit it. I don't know, I, I'd take Gemstones over him any day. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Gemstones, check out our interview with him. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. But, um, I guess switching gears a little bit, um, this election season is real crazy, um, have you, uh, Seeing that that uh, DeRay McKesson is uh, running for mayor of Baltimore. Oh yeah, I saw something about that. Yeah, he posted up on Medium like his announcement or whatever, and um, I was listening to uh, Dan Roderick's podcast, and uh, he was talking to um, what's the guy from Baltimore Sun, the media guy? Um, I keep forgetting his name. Um, can't think of his name right now, but. You talking about like that that guy that always came in to talk about movies on his radio show? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know so, what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So he was on there, um, you know, basically talking about the, uh, I guess the, the yeah, political landscape and how all of the uh, mayoral candidates are presenting themselves and how, you know. It's very different having DeRay McKesson come in because he has no political background. You know, he's an activist and he's more social media savvy than all these people. Like he has 300,000 followers on Twitter. And actually, when he made the announcement, he was trending nationwide, excuse me, on uh, Twitter. And I was like, man, it's kind of crazy right now because I feel like, you know, we're living in a very historic time, both locally and nationally, um, you know, locally on the Baltimore level. And um, the thing with um, with uh, DeRay is that, you know, and, you know, I guess just this whole Black Lives Matter thing is that the focus of the world is on Baltimore now. It's on, like, Baltimore and Ferguson. Like, people, like, these are the two cities that people consider to be, like, ground zero for the movement. And you can even go on the Russian news sites, and they're always talking, you know, um, RT media or whatever. And they're always talking about Baltimore, and, you know, they might pull up a map of certain streets. So it's like the whole world is looking at maps of Baltimore and stuff like that. And, you know, this election is is not even just a local election anymore, especially with somebody with a national profile like DeRay jumping into it. And the guy um, was um, on Dan Rogers' podcast. He was talking about Sheila Dixon. And so they asked Sheila Dixon what her thoughts were on DeRay, um, you know, entering the race. And she said, I don't know who that is. (laughs) And... He was like, you know, that could be one of two things. One, 
she is just kind of like dismissing him as, you know, not important. And, you know, she's just lying and really does know who he is. Or she's just like old and out of touch. And then he went on this rant about how like you can't be in Baltimore for the past year and be like focused on issues like Black Lives Matter and what's been going on and not know who DeRay is. And you're running for mayor and you're just that out of touch. And I'm sitting up here thinking, like, a lot of people probably don't know who DeRay is. You know, like the older, um, I guess, black middle class type people. So I asked my mother and she had no idea who he was. So I sent her um, his announcement that he posted on Medium. And then um, I sent her the Combat Jack episode with him. I don't know if she's going to listen to that or not. But she said that she'll look more into him. So, um, it's, it's really interesting. And, you know, he has a um, sign-up sheet. He has two sign-up sheets on his website now, one to volunteer and then one to donate to his campaign. So, um, you know, it's he's really shaking things up in, like, a Donald Trump kind of way where he's kind of outside of of the actual system. So, we'll see if he's able to do something and really, you know, get the youth to vote. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, like we, when uh when I when I saw the announcement, um, that's the first thing I said. Like niggas don't know who he, this man is. Like it it took me a long time to even know to even know who he, to to know who he was. I didn't know who he was mm. because you know I really didn't I really didn't exactly you know focus on Black Lives the Black Lives movement movement as much. And actually, even when he was on Combat Jack show, I still didn't know who he was. Really? <laughs> Until I listened to it, and I finally got the gist of it, and I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was it was too long for me. I but, mean, I um, knew who he was just because, like during the whole thing in Ferguson, people just kept retweeting him, because he was like tweeting out like what was going on, like the cops are doing this and that, a bullet just whizzed by my head, we're running now, and then you know I feel so connected to my people, like like he was just like live tweeting everything that was going on. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, Black Poe did too. Yeah. So, and, you know, that's that's the that's all the thing that's always interesting you to me. You about uh, uh, Tef Poe. I mean, Tef Poe. Which yeah, I need to listen to his music. Like, I'm I'm, I'm slacking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tef Poe did the same thing. Like, I mean, like he had some really like I would say more graphic, more graphic accounts than DeRay did. Mm. Um. But. I mean, yeah, you know, I I think it's interesting too, and you know, me and you, we've talked about Baltimore politics quite a bit, and you know, we do need we, we do need like some some new blood, man. You just have the same old raggedy ass black people, you know, just switching around, and you know, when when when, when Dixon left, and Rawlins Blake just came, and she was the head of the city council, so of course she would she would uh she, she would take over. And she's been in power. O'Malley was the mayor for, you know, God knows how long. And then he becomes the, the fucking the governor of Maryland. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it's just a, it's a crazy, it's just like a weird dynasty. And they're all connected. And it's like they don't want to say anything about it. Well, they're all connected up until a point, And then they stab each other in the back. <laughs> Yeah, but right. then it's, it's but then it's still the same. Look, like have you realized? Like, for I don't know, since I was a kid, the same people running for mayor are the same people running now. 
from when yeah. I was a kid, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's the same names. Yeah, the same names, and then like, and then remember when I think when when Kurt Schmoke like some years ago, he he got into the race for like a little for, for like a little bit. Oh, I don't. Need, oh, I forgot. I I missed that. <laughs> I th- I think he did. I mean, like all the same city council people, man, and all they do is they they just wait for someone to mess up, like a Sheila Dixon, and then they just go and have their, their little time in office real quick and do nothing. So. You know, I think it's good, but that's the issue, though. No one knows who, who this man is. I mean, they're saying, because I think he was making a parallel between DeRay and Trump. And they were saying that the reason why Trump lost um, in Iowa is because his ground game wasn't together with Ted Cruz. They said that he went out and talked to, like, 50,000 people or something like that. So, you know, basically, they were saying that, that uh, DeRay, you know, what was probably going to work for him is he's going to have to get his ass up off Twitter and just go block by block knocking on people's door. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, uh, going back to the uh, what was it called R two? Yeah. Um, I guess that would probably make a lot of sense as to why people from Russia are always downloading uh, our Baltimore episodes. Oh yeah, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Like I think we had like three downloads, three downloads from Russia today on uh, on the, the uh, I think the second Freddie Gray thing we did. Yeah, I mean one thing about countries that um, are not allies of the United States, and then especially if they have some type of state-run media, is they love to point out all the flaws and all the bad things that you know governments in America are doing or, you know, United States are doing. So, you know, they're going to give you that, or they're going to give their people that. And so, you know, I'm sure Russia, you know, your average Russian citizen is is probably well-informed about all of the injustices that are happening. Mm, yeah, and they can just say, hey, we have these two crazy niggas to prove it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. helps us out. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Russia. <laughs> probably listening right now. They probably ha- they probably have our shit our shit bugged right now. Have yeah. China, Russia, and and Obama listening in right now. Yeah, man. Channel Ten podcast about to take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh yeah, and then uh. All right. So, and I'm confused about the whole Mosby thing. Is it Marilyn Mosby or is it Mosby or is it the the other Mosby that's running for mayor? It's Nick Mosby who's running for mayor. And right now, Nick Mosby has the, um, you know, he has the attention of the youth. And I was thinking about this earlier, like, basically, you know, they're trying to start their own dynasty. And, you know, back when, um, you know, back during the whole thing with the uh, indictments of the officers, you know, they're trying to create this whole narrative around their family. And, you know, I remember when Marilyn Mosby made that speech and died in those offices, man. I mean, they had her up there like she's a civil rights black history figure, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, that's going to help out Nick Mosby. And then, you know, Nick Mosby, he's already outlined a, a 12-point plan. So, um, Nick Mosby has already, he's acknowledged the Ray McKesson and, wel- and welcomed him into the race. 
but he was like, you know, you don't have a plan, and I do. But, you know, mm-hmm. DeRay said that he, you know, in the coming weeks, he's going to, you know, say more specifically what his plan is. But even, and, you know, his 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 vague um, outline of his plan or, you know, the things that he wants to do um, sounded pretty good. I mean, of course, it's supposed to sound good, <laughs> but, um, you know, he's really talking about, going outside of the system and, you know, actually auditing, you know, all of the different departments in Baltimore City and then moving forward based on those audits. So, um, because I think it's something crazy, like, you know, Baltimore has never been audited or something crazy like that. And, you know, it's like, where is all the money going? Like, um, something came out recently, the school system, apparently there's all these people who are, in, like, all these students who are enrolled in Baltimore City schools, but they don't actually exist. They're ghost students. Yeah. And the schools are getting all this money for it, and it put, the, it put the school system in, like, a $25 million deficit or something like that. So all these people are going to have to get laid off. Um, like, I know somebody who was trying to actually work for the school system, and they're waiting for their call back. Interview went well. And then... They, you know, they find out that, you know, some like some crazy is happening with the money, and so they're not hiring anybody, and a lot of people are about to get let go. And then shortly after, I mm-hmm. hear that, um, and, and they said, you know, you're going to hear about this in the news soon. And then like a couple of days later, I heard about it in the news. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that whole, yeah, that whole ghost student thing is just re- it's ridiculous, man. Like. Man, it's man. Baltimore, man, is I don't know. Like, I, I think this is this is the best way for me to put it. How much can we expect from a city that has this subway, a subway that only runs in a straight line? <laughs> oh man, yo, it was something I saw. Um, I was where was I? I was either on on the MTA website or like I was just out somewhere looking at a map or something. I think I was on the website though. And yeah, I was on the website because there was a link and it was like, click this link to see a detailed map of the, you know, Baltimore Metro. I'm so they're like, what what the fuck do you need a detailed map for? (laughs) It's, it's no details. It's a straight line, fourteen stops. Yeah, look, look. Uh, for for all of our Baltimore listeners, what you do, we do have a decent amount. Whenever you download this and listen to it, just just think about that. Think about this city and the fact that the subway system runs in a straight line. It's. I mean, it, I've never I've never heard of some shit like this. And you've been you've been to other cities and you know um, been on other you know transit systems in other cities. Have you ever seen anything like this? Yeah, I mean it's look. I mean, like honestly, like if I was like a big commentator, I would push for or you know these people having something about the subway system or just the transportation system. Period. Um, you know. Um, implementing something to that effect into their, their their little point plans. See, this is the re- this is probably one of the reasons why the shit goes in a straight line because you have ghost students 
you know, they, 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 they're they raising, you know, salaries. They just raised, what, the, the salaries of the city council and, and the mayor, mm. uh, like, some, like before Christmas? Mm. What kind of shit is that? I see another issue. You know, when we were doing the research for the other show, I was um, looking. So um, a large percentage of, of um, people who actually work or, you know, have jobs in, um, in Sandtown, their commute is over 45 minutes away. So that tells me two things. One, like, it's harder to keep a job when it's, far, it's farther away. And two, that shows that there's no real opportunities that are in your surrounding community, so you have to travel farther. And then three, even if you do have to travel farther, it's not easy to, to get from point A to point B. Because if you're working in the city, it shouldn't take you 45 minutes to get somewhere in Baltimore City. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, we, we know. Uh, I, I think like a lot of that really increased after you know the bus layoffs of well, almost like five, six years ago now. Yeah, it might have been more than that. Um, I think once the recession hit and they changed everything, so now yeah. Hogan has this new plan. Um. I think I was telling you about it when you came. And, um, you know, since he got rid of the red line, um, and that's a whole other issue. Like, this light rail system, like, you know, what constitutes a transfer point in Baltimore is walking a couple blocks. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, there's two transfer points from the, the, uh, the subway and the light rail. And that's Lexington Market and State Center. And I think, I, th I mean, State Center, they just, it's just like, well, it's close enough to walk. But, you know, you got to walk across this whole big thing. Like, I wouldn't necessarily consider that a transit point. You know, when I think of a transit point, I think of when you're in New York and you're at a subway station and you can transfer it to all these different things within that one station. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This shit is is ridiculous, man. I, I I just know that when like when that happened, that whole recession and the, the layoffs, it was just never the same. And um, you know, I I was talking to a bus driver before, and um, you know, I I guess you know you she uh, she, she has uh, quad quadruplets, hmm. and you know, just from the outside looking in. You know, like you would just you would think that you couldn't really sustain four children off of a bus driver's salary, but you can if you do overtime. Mm -hmm. And so she's telling me that you know if you do like enough overtime, being a bus driver for the MTA, you can you can clock in close to ninety to hundred a year mm. if you do it, if you do it right. And that's what she does. And so she says there are a lot of people who are like really kicking off being a bus driver, and you know in Baltimore, and I can tell. I mean, that just makes me concerned for safety because I told you about that bus ride I took that other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, for the listeners, man, I, I hopped on the bus. This bus driver, I don't know what was up with him. Like, every red light, he was putting his head down. Like, he was yawning. Like, he was really tired. He was kicking his feet and making noises. Like, he was trying to stay up. He was driving off fast and crazy. And then eventually we got to a red light and 
he hops out of the bus, and this is on, uh, where were we? We were on, um, I think, East Belvedere and Parent Parkway. And he he hops out of the bus at the red light, opens the door, stands out next to the bus, unbuckles his pants, and just starts taking a piss. <laughs> to hop out and just catch an uber but it was on like some crazy surge to where my trip was about to be like 70 80 dollars i was like nah but i guess i did get to my destination pretty quickly so um i, I mean guess that was good i mean yeah you know that, that that's the good thing about you know those kinds of those you know the irresponsible bus drivers and especially if you get like a good rapport with them Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's pretty good, man. Like you know, I I had one uh, when I was uh, when I was working <clears throat> some years some years ago. You know, he would come because I would I would get off around like what like eight nine o'clock at night, mm -hmm. and you know, it got to a point like because uh, you know he like the first time I, I I got on his bus, there was like really no one on it, but for whatever reason, he stopped for me, and he would like kind of stop at like the like the major transfer points. Mm -hmm. But then the thing was, though, like, he would drive so fast that he would, like, be passing people, like, I guess, in the uh, uh, the, the the residential areas because he was trying to get home. Yeah. Home. And then along the way, you know, on stoplights, of course, like, he grew up around, like, all throughout the city. So everyone knew him, and, you know, old people from around the way who, you know, probably, you know, they, they were trying to get themselves together. Like, oh, I see you, you know, you, you. You changed your life. I see that you're doing good now. I'm so proud of you. So like, this, he's the man for being a mm. bus driver. That reminds me of that Dave Chappelle skit. <laughs> yeah, like like he made it. Like like I mean, he he just he feels it too. He he just be riding through the city, shining for real. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm happy for him. You know, that's that's what happens when people get an opportunity to do something with themselves, like. If, like, like, just imagine if there were more opportunities like that, how many people would be feeling good about themselves and in the same situation? And, you know, instead of looking like, you know, I need to get myself into a good situation, I just need to get my foot in the door. Now your foot is in the door. Now you're looking at how can you expand and do even more. But yeah, a lot of people just can't get their foot in the door. Yeah, well, his foot was on the pedal for real. So... <laughs> Like, I remember, like, like, one of the last times I saw him, I hope he didn't get fired or anything, but, you know, he, he drives, he drives up almost, he really, like, he almost, like, almost, dro like, drove up on the corner. And so, opens the door, he's like, my man, how was work today? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was cool, so I'm, I'm sitting up there in the front, talking to him, it's just me and, like, two other people on the bus, and, of course, I overheard, like, the people in the back talking to him. What I mean, not talking about him, like how fast he was driving, and one like complained that they 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 were gonna call the the, the bus company on him. Mm. So he's riding or whatever like that, and then he stops at a stoplight, and he sees like these two girls, and I can't think of the, the dude's name, but uh, one of them was like, <laughs> one of them was like, you know, so and so. 
is that you? And he's like, yes, yeah, me, girl. And he was like, and she was like, oh, someone told me you were, you were driving the bus. <laughs> so, so he hops out as soon like he, of course, like he he, he opens the door. As soon as the light turns green, as he's just holding traffic up to go out outside to talk to these two girls and he gets their numbers. And then he hops back. Well, this is the most niggery shit I've seen in a minute, in a long time during that time. He hops back on the bus and uh, he's like, all right, I'm going to come. And he, he's yelling out the, out the window. All right, I'm going to come and, uh, and, um, and, and see y'all tonight. I'm going to bring some Hennessy. <laughs> And then he just casually, you know, closes the door. And then actually some people, like two people ran, like ran, like ch- chased the bus down because, of course, he went through like three stops. <laughs> and so they were cursing him out. And he was like, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. And so he like he smooth talked his way out of whatever, whatever the fuck they were complaining about. And then he casually, you know, reconvened our conversation about, I think it was Young Jeezy. Mm. Like, yeah, like, yeah, you know I'm saying, like I was saying, you know, I had to do that real quick, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I'm going to get you home, you know, safe. I'm going to get you home fast, like I always do, you know what I'm saying? But, hey, this nigga Jeezy, man, this is my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he still has that job. I don't think he does, though, just based on that, that, that final time I saw him. Oh, man, shout out to him, man. Yeah. It's crazy, like. I remember, you know, when I used to work way out in the boondocks, um, and the bus used to travel, like, I used to work, basically the bus was going to, like, Anne Arundel County, and, like, it, it drove through, like, Cherry Hill and all that other type of stuff, and they would be passing people. Sometimes I wouldn't even go on the right street it was supposed to go on, um, it was just a mess. And then, you know, sometimes the bus would take detours, but you don't even know. Like, luckily, I was, like, the last stop, so it had to come get me. But, <laughs> like, there was a point, like, like, like there's a bridge, like a drawbridge. And if it was real cold, sometimes the drawbridge would be stuck. And so, like, I might be stuck out there for, like, a long time until the bus could, like, come. And then the bus would have to take this whole other way. Like, instead of just going straight up, it would have to, like, go up through, like, um, like Marley Neck Road and all these places up through Anne Arundel County and come back up around. I'm just thinking, like, what about all those people in the middle who are just sitting there waiting? I mean, it's late. It's cold. And, like, when the bus stop was, it's in, like, this industrial-type area, but there's also these woods and stuff and... I didn't see it, but I've heard stories of people just waiting out there and all kind of animals start coming out. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm just thinking about the people, man. (laughs) Oh, man. And it's like, I wanted to get that overtime, so I would stay late, but then I would just be stuck in these horrible situations. Like, dealing with that bus, like, in that bridge, once that bridge got frozen. And... It's just like, man, the things that you have to do just to get a little bit of money. And, like, you know, at the time, I'm out there working, and this goes back into the conversation that, you know, we were having before, um, especially on the other show. Like, you know, I was working at a job that hired majority felons. And it's like, this is 
that like this is what you have to go through if you have a felony and you know me luckily i you know have other options and you know can move around more easily so you know now i'm up in the office investigating people and like you know there's people that aren't going to be able to get that far or won't have that ability and there's probably still people there just working at the warehouse because people have been you know, working down there for 15 years. Mm. So. Well, I do remember when um when you when you took me out there to show me, mm-hmm. I felt I felt like if you didn't turn around after a while after you, or you showed me the factory, we would have felt like we would have fallen off like the edge of the planet or something like that. <laughs> it looks like the end of the like world. It, just, it was foggy, dark. Yeah, it does. Like it's yeah, it's it's pretty creepy and. Ironically enough, that was the t- that was around the time uh, Kendrick, well, well, not Kendrick Lamar's, but uh, Schoolboy Q's "Bless" came out, mm, featuring yeah. Kendrick. And I remember you you were bumping that in cereal, <laughs> um, quite a bit. But yeah, man, it's man, and I, I remember, yeah, like I remember that one time, man, like when you were uh, we were talking, and you fell asleep. And you you were sleep talking, and it was based around what you were doing there, man. <laughs> that shit was crazy, man. Like, I didn't <laughs> never heard no shit like that before, man. Uh, hold on, was that the time when we were at our other cousin's house? Cause I did the same thing over there one time. They told me I was just saying like <laughs> they said they tried to wake me up. They said they tried to wake me up, and I was like, "Yo, them boxes over there, man. Don't worry about them boxes." <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that was another time, but it was, there was one time when we were there, and you you did do the same thing, but but uh, but we caught you like early enough mm. that you woke up. But oh man, like I remember, like I, yeah, I was uh, I was talking, and you got real quiet, and I was like, I said, Did you hear me or something like that, and, and you you said something like, oh, man, like those boxes, man. <laughs> Fucking boxes, <laughs> <laughs> and then you and it was some weird scenario between you and whoever. I guess you 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 were working closely with at the time. But <laughs> about it was something about how you going to, how you going to get the boxes <laughs> or some shit. <laughs> And so I, I just I just sat there and listened for like 10, 15 minutes before I hung up because I just didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. <laughs> but I was so intrigued. It was so intriguing. Oh man. <laughs> that's that's the worst, like man, this is why y'all gotta uh rate, subscribe, <laughs> comment <laughs> because and order some t shirts from channel ten podcast dot com because when you have a job and it is so ingrained in your life to where you start having dreams about it and you start like sleep talking and having all kind of crazy scenarios that don't even exist, like it's like, man, you got to do something else. Like, you got to find a way. I mean, that was that was a crazy time. man. <laughs> that was a crazy time. Have you ever um, experienced? Yeah, well, I mean, like, well, well, at least you know. Oh, hello. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, have you ever experienced anything like that? Um, 
you know, when it comes to your jobs? Um, that's a good question, man. Um, actually, no, not no, not really. I, I think well, once I have at mm-hmm. um at my uh my seasonal job, mm-hmm. it gets to yeah, it got to a point one time. You know, I was just having dreams about you know dreams about like you know children like coming to get me and shit. <laughs> and like being, being being locked in like an exhibit, and I couldn't, I couldn't, get, I couldn't get out. Mm. But those like those are those are like few like you know few and far in between. Um, yeah, like sometimes I have dreams about work where like my whole dream, I'm just trying to solve a problem. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. Like, it's just a situation at work, and I'm just sitting there trying to solve it and figure it out. And it's like, there's so many other things that I could be dreaming about. Like, I feel like my dreams are my time for my subconscious to express itself and be fully, you know, creative. And it's being hijacked by these situations and my creativity <laughs> through my dreams is going to waste, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm sure you, you're most definitely burning some calories thinking about that type of stuff, man. Yeah. Man, I think that's an interesting... I need, I need to write that thought down because that would be an interesting subject for some type of um, esoteric type of book or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... But I, w- I mean, at least you know you aren't you know you you, uh, you aren't going to work in the dark <laughs> in the dark and then coming back in the dark. Oh yeah, not anymore. Actually, nah, I am. Oh, <laughs> so you are. Actually, no, no, no. I mean, when I leave the house, it's dark. But by the time I get to work, it's light. Mm. So. I guess that's a good thing. But, yeah, I've had a job before where, you know, um, I worked in a gym and had a big window. And, like, I would get to work in the dark. And I would I would be standing there and I would see the whole day go by tonight. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I would watch the sun come up and go down and then leave. <laughs> Damn. What? But you liked that job, didn't you? The uh, at the gym. Um, it was cool until you know, of course, management changes yeah. come, and then sometimes it's time for you to do something else. And I don't know. I mean, there's something to liking a job, but then at the same time, um, you know, if I if I didn't have goals and dreams and aspirations then I guess it would be cool but when you have something like that that's taking up a big chunk of your time and you know you're just getting you know your little check or whatever that's sustaining you but at the same time it's it's only sustaining you in one type of way and it's like you know not fulfilling on like a deeper level of what you're actually trying to do or like what you feel like your purpose is. And then that's why you end up so sleepy and sleep talking and stuff because you're just trying to do the other things that you're trying to do. And it's only so many hours in a day and 
some of that you have to spend sleeping. So, <laughs> yeah, man, tell me about it, man. I, I I had I had like a small hallucination when I was uh when I was working today. Oh man, yeah, man. It's like it's just it's just getting bad, man. Like like you know I've I've said uh you know I think I've mentioned in both of our uh, our our face to face episodes about me seeing like weird demons and shit when, I, when uh, I get really tired and I saw yeah. something close to it today like in the back of the room yeah that shit was crazy damn it was, uh, well, it was like it was more or less like a like a shadow though cuz I'm running on like uh off of like 1 hour of sleep right now damn yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's hard cuz like you know we both have a lot of stuff going on and like you know, now that we had the other show, you know, I changed my work schedule. So now, like, you know, I'm at work from from 8 to 5.45, where before I was there, or, like, you know, basically 8 to 6, where before I was there from, you know, 8 to 4.45. And then when you add in the travel time with that, you know, I might be out of the house from, you know, basically 7, 7 to 7. <laughs> Well, you know, seven to six thirty. So yeah, it's uh, it's starting to to take its toll. Yeah, man. Like when your your voice starts changing, and oh yeah, so yeah, I, I didn't tell you about this like the whole like issues with my eyes and shit. Oh man. Well, I mean, nothing too serious, but um, so like for the past two weeks, for for the most part, like I've been having issues with like my left eye, like the shit would just go blurry. Mm. So I'm so I'm sitting here thinking like I'm like I said you know maybe it's just me being tired but like it just like it's certain like sometimes like it would just be there for like a long time and then it would eventually kind of fade away and then come back and then so I said maybe I should like look in the mirror like to 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 see that you know to make sure I don't I don't look, I don't look like a Method Man or something yeah <laughs> so they look cool and then so I'm just thinking like you know. I was telling some people about it, and they were like, that doesn't sound good. You should probably get that checked out. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> so um, I had an appointment. And to make a long story short, um, you know, the doctor said that with farsighted people, it's nothing exactly wrong with, like, farsighted people. It's just the fact that for whatever reason, farsighted people tend to focus on things too much. And so she mm. said that, my eyes have been locked, like, and, you know, ha have been, like, uh, looking at books and, like, focusing, like, on screens for so long that sometimes it would just, like, lock in into focus. Oh, okay. And so that's why. But she said, other than that, you know, my, my vision is, like, really good. So I got to get, and she gave me, she gave me, like, a special prescription for, you know, for, for certain reasons. I don't, I don't want to explain on the podcast, but it'll help me at work, she says. That goes into um, that one lady who was on Joe Rogan talking about, like, why we can't see very well. And it's because, you know, we're not using our eyes properly the way a prehistoric human would have. So, like, you know, a hunter-gatherer, they're, they're actually using their eyes to look far. And it works out their eye muscles and the way they focus and everything. So, you know, they pretty much all had perfect vision. Whereas we are 
looking at things close up all the time, like screens and books and stuff like that. And so basically by not working out our eyes to look further, we're losing that ability. Mm. So basically to strengthen your eyes, you just have to go out and look far. <laughs> like go out into a field and, you know, really just look and, you know, work out your eyes in that type of way. Yeah, yeah, I can, <laughs> I, I can most definitely see that, man, because I don't know, I mean, for whatever reason, I've always liked to, like, try to, like, to see, like, try to see, like, how far I could look at things mm-hmm. as a kid, mm-hmm. and so I don't know, I don't know, like, maybe that's, this is where it comes from, I know, like, a lot of this is, a lot of it is genetic, but, you know, I do still have, like, a, a stigmatism in my left eye, and, you know, um, I start to wear reading glasses. Mm. So, I don't know, shit just kind of sucks, but, yeah, man, it's, it's not fun. And then, you know, I had to use, like, eye drops because my, my eyes are, like, are drying out right now. Mm. And some of my eye drops, I don't, I don't want to use them. Yeah, maybe you should try, um, Bilberry. You ever try that? No, I've never even heard of that. It's supposed to, um, I mean, a lot of people take it for, it's supposed to improve your vision at night, but I think it's supposed to, like, improve your vision in general. Um, it's, it's some type of, like, herb, and uh, you can get it, like, herbal supplement, um, and I think it's pretty, to my understanding, it's, it's you know, been pretty proven to, um, to have a good effect on your eyes. Um, to like studies and stuff like that, like um, and carrots as well. I I think that's not um, like an urban myth that they actually help you. I think they really do. Oh yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, I, I eat quite a bit of carrots actually, mm. but you know I, I can't help but think that I think another reason why my eyes like my eyes started going crazy is also because you know my my sleep schedule has changed like drastically, kind of sort of. Mm. You know, at one point. I would pretty much sleep throughout the day and be up all night. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, sometimes, and you know, like, you know me, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't open, you know, uh, like the blinds in my house or anything like that. So I don't really have like a whole bunch of sunlight coming through. But you sometimes, you know, like for the past like year and a half or whatever, I probably wouldn't, I would be coming, I would come outside when the sun was going down. Mm-hmm. Damn near. And then it'd just be dark. And now, you know, I'm out first thing in the morning, the sun is bright and shining, and, you know, it's just, it's just fucking with me. <laughs> no, I, me personally, even when I don't get a lot of sleep, I guess depending on what I have to do during the day, but generally, when I'm up out, when, when the sun is coming up, even though I'm not a morning person, it makes me feel good. Like, I never feel, I never feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, like I've been told that you know I should try sun, like sun therapy. You should just sit outside in the sun. And I'm like, why would I ever do that, man? Like, man, man, because you, because you melanated, (laughs) man. You you gotta activate your melanin. I mean, but that's the thing. Like, I'm outside all the time, Mm. so I, I, I think I get enough sunlight, but. 
at the same time, you know, it's just, it's just be too many people, especially in the summertime, man, like summer and springtime, like, I just hate being outside because people are all, like, they're all on the sidewalk and they're, they're in, they're in your way when you're walking, it's a whole thing. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, man. Maybe, maybe some nature trails or something. But, um, I mean, the conspiracy conspiracy (laughs) theorists will tell you, I mean, you might just have to train your body to work through it, though. Like, I don't know. But the conspiracy theorists would say that the chemtrails block the sunlight from, um, you know, getting the vitamin D2, so that's why you feel that way. Hmm. Well, I don't know about that. But you know, you know, you know what I need to do. I need to try to see if I can find that paper on chemtrails that I wrote for someone a long time ago. Yeah, um, I, I think I might have it in like a Google Docs account somewhere. <laughs> yeah, because you know, of course, I don't, I don't have it anymore, man. And see, that's another goal. I, I, I need to, uh, I need to. Um, like you know, scan scan my hard drive and try to recover everything. Oh yeah, yeah. Rest in peace. So. Rest in peace to the hard drive. Matter of fact, I need to take all of my um, all of my like FL Studio sessions and stuff and upload them to um, to the cloud until I can get like another more solid form of backing up. Mm. That's going to take some time. You know, the funny thing is that I talked so much about, you know, me making sure I back everything up, this go around and all this and that. I still have two sessions, maybe more than that, from from when I was back there that I have yet to back up. Oh, man. And I'm just looking at them. Well, see, now I figured out I figured out a, a, a good way to back things up, especially when it comes to sessions and stuff. And that is... To, to set those folders to automatically upload to Dropbox. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because, like, I saw on Lifehacker a long time ago, like, what you can do is, you know, like, your mind documents or whatever. What mm-hmm. a lot of people do is they set that to just automatically upload to Dropbox. And, um, you know... There's a way you can do that with, like, I think pretty much any folder on your computer. So that's what I'm about to do. And then probably set it up some type of way to where it'll upload to Amazon or Google Drive as well. So that way, you know, it creates two different backups. And that way everything, you know, if all of my stuff goes down, I can still assess, you know, still access it some type of way. Yeah, but that's the thing, though, man. Like, you got to worry about... You know, the whole issue with space. Are you talking about with Dropbox? Oh, yeah. yeah, Well, well, yeah, especially with Dropbox. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah, because I I mean, I have a terabyte of Dropbox, and I have unlimited Amazon. (laughs) Wait, how do you get unlimited Amazon? Uh, Black Friday, they had that special... Remember I said it to you? Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, for like what five dollars? Yeah, for the year. Of course, next year is going to be sixty, but um, that wasn't too bad. 
I mean, yeah, and I mean, and I got well, I got like a, an extra one hundred gigabytes from uh from Google Drive when I got my new tablet. Mm. But I think I think it's only it only lasts for like I think two years, mm. and technically I'm like more than halfway through because of course you know Gmail and Google Drive share the same space. Yeah, and I'm constantly. You know, putting things on there, man. Oh, and this is nothing about Google, man. Like Google, Google failed me today. What happened? So, I I, I had a presentation I had to do, and um, and it was in like a room where I've had like you know I've had like technical difficulties with before in the past, and um, I looked up and I was I was checking out the projector and I'm like, oh, it's cool, it's working now. So as Soon as I pull up Google Slides, an error kept occurring, mm. and just kept saying like, you know, like it was like some shit like, you know, we know it is messed up. We are working on it, and so I couldn't, I couldn't do the presentation. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man. Like it, you, you, you can just never be too safe when it comes to you know having things backed up in different file formats, also. That's why, like, what I started doing too is, um, with certain things, I'll like I'll save it to the device. Like, there should be a button on there where you can you can use it offline. So, oh like, yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. So certain things, I you know you you know like like uh, before I leave out the house, depending on what I'm doing, I'll make sure that certain things are offline. All right, so but all right, but this is the way because I, I um I have Google Drive installed on my on my on my laptop. Mm-hmm. The thing is though, because usually I, like when that happens, um it, it still comes up. So specifically, I was trying to uh, you know when you, when you press the uh, the present button for like mm-hmm. a PowerPoint presentation, mm-hmm. it wouldn't it wouldn't let me do that regardless of it being available or not. It seemed damn. And so I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was something that I was doing, or I, I don't know. But I don't know. It, it was, it was rather annoying. Uh. Yeah, sometimes it makes me just want to make my own programs. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's why, I like, you know, my workflow a lot of times is in between like Google Docs and LibreOffice. Because, like, you know, LibreOffice is the open source um, version of Microsoft Word or whatever. It can open any type of file and everything like that. So, um, I'll do a lot of stuff in LibreOffice and, you know, a lot of stuff in Docs. And if it's really important, you know, I'll start it in LibreOffice and then maybe upload it to Docs later. But... Mm. Well... I, I pretty much I, I start everything in Google Docs nowadays, and then um, I throw it into Microsoft Word. <laughs> but you know, like, um, well, I, well, and I do it for two reasons. One is because, um, like, even when you know, even if you like print something out straight off of Google Google Drive, it's uh, or Google Docs. The format is a bit different compared yeah. to like Microsoft Word. Yeah. And then two, uh, you know, Google Docs doesn't have like a like a passive voice checker the way Microsoft Word does. 
So yeah, so yeah, that format thing. Um, that's why, like, I started using Word online too for a while, but I haven't done it because a lot of people just don't use it. Um, and then, you know, my new tablet. Um, I've been thinking about getting the Microsoft Word on there because, like, when you have a document in Dropbox and you try to open it, it'll automatically ask you, "Do you want to open it up in Microsoft Word or whatever?" And so, I don't know. I might try Word for Android and stuff, you know, just because it's free. Yeah, I mean, I was I've been thinking about it too, man, but I, I don't I don't know. I'm not you're trying so to get too crazy. Yeah, you're so invested <laughs> in the Google Word, and then once you start to have a whole bunch of different stuff, it gets kind of like, you know, you you found what works for your workflow. So. I mean, yeah, but then, you know, sometimes I think that, you know, maybe I'd just be better off just doing everything in Word, but it's something about me knowing that anything I write and do is getting saved at the same time yeah. through Google Docs. But Plus then to me, oh, go ahead. But then, like, I've had, like, I've had issues, like, um, you know, like, if you just, like, you know, after a while, like, you know, like, the, uh, uh, the, you know, like the program would just fail a bit and you just have to like restart your, restart your computer if you don't like turn it off all the time. You talking about with Word? Uh, no, no, like with like, well, with the Google Docs. Oh, I never had that happen. Oh, I mean, well, yeah, sometimes like, sometimes there'll be a, like a, it'll be like a glitch. And so it will just kind of like fuck certain words uh, while you're typing or like if you're, let's say if you're trying to delete the, the second paragraph, it will jump to like the, like the final paragraph and start deleting that. Sometimes. I think that's for anything. But well, it happens more often in Google Docs, it seems. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so it's always good to restart your computer every once in a while, which is annoying sometimes, but I don't know. When I when I don't restart, I get all kind of glitches and every, and everything. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's why, yeah, like, um... I don't know. I'm thinking I should probably just restart my computer like once a week, but then, you know, if you have like a whole bunch of tabs open and you don't want to close them, it's like a whole thing, man. First world problems. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Man. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen um, Beast of No Nation? Uh, no, man, I've haven't, I haven't had a chance to watch anything outside of, you know, Dr. Manning videos here and there. Oh, speaking of him, is, um, is this church in foreclosure? Yeah, actually, yeah, I, I watched a video about that. He, he addresses it, um, about how the government is trying to, to, to take away their land or something like that. Oh goodness! So apparently, it's, ba it's based around a six, like a sixteen-year-old water bill, and he said something about he said something like a million dollars or something like that. It's supposed to be like a lot of money that they owe. Um, and of course, he said that someone came up to him and said, "Hey, I got a, I got a mill for you. Just go ahead and pay the water bill." But he didn't take it because you know of his integrity and that you know um, Harlem. God gave Harlem to the Atlaw people. <laughs> and no one can take that away from him. And yeah, you know the the quote unquote the, the quote unquote facts and the and 
the fags and booty lickers, um, you know, they uh, the the government got them riled up, and so now they 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 really want to see see the government take them down. I think maybe he's just tired and wants to retire, and so he's making a big spectacle out of it. Well, well, no, because like there's a, there's like another video that he did, I think like two weeks ago, when it was like first reported in a specific paper, and he breaks down the owner of the paper and why it happened because he said it wasn't true. Oh and yeah, it was in New York. Um, what was it the Daily News? Yeah, something yeah something like that. Yeah. And and he said it revolved around the fact that um, the guy who owns the paper paper his, his son. Uh, was gay and he had like a boyfriend in secret but they went they were at he was at like the boyfriend's house and he killed himself and the boy or something like that and then you know dr manning talked about it i think and that made him upset so this is what so he thinks so dr manning thinks that this is this guy's way of trying to get back at him or something something Mm. crazy like that yeah, I think I did see some of that video because he said that they never post anything about Atla, but now they finally do with the situation. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that, you know, this stuff is probably true. I mean, you know, he's, he's talk, he was talking about, like, you know, monetizing um, you know, YouTube and taking everything off of YouTube and not having it available for people to to freely watch. Um, I mean, if he, if there was a paywall for Dr. Manning videos, would you pay? <laughs> um, you know, I, I thought about it when he said something about the, um, I don't think I would, but I would sure as hell miss it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very entertaining. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, uh, he's definitely, um, brought a lot into our lives <laughs> I mean yeah yes man and then you know going back to you know the very first part of this episode um you know Lord Jamar and you know Lord Jamar sat down with him yeah and it was a, ve- a very civilized interview surprisingly <laughs> like where is that I mean like I mean they really haven't it was so random because I mean he hasn't like showed up on the podcast or anything. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, but that was a uh, that was a pretty good interview. It um you know definitely presented a different side of Doctor Manning, um, Pastor Manning that uh, you know we haven't we haven't really seen before. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, and you know if you kind of think about it. They do agree on certain points, ironically <laughs> enough. I mean, I I feel like from any walk of life, from any religious perspective, you know, for the most part, once you get, you know, a black man who reaches a certain age and a certain kind of status and life comfortability, comfortability, um, like... And the more distance they get from their youth and 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 the youth of the current time, you know, you're going to agree on certain things, you know, no matter how disparate your ideology might be, whether you're a fundamentalist Christian, you're 
um, a liberal, you're a conservative, you're a Muslim, you know, there's going to be certain points that you can just agree upon and bond over. <laughs> mm -hmm. Usually directed at the youth in some type of negative fashion. Yeah, well, I guess that's why we have the Travis Scotts of the world. Yeah. Who really just want to document their culture, what's going on in in in, in their age range and whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think this was like a that was like a like a nice full circle to to bring it all back home. Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah, yeah this was a it was an interesting episode. Well, I, w I was thinking before before we go, the whole thing that we were talking about was just like starting to shout people out. Oh, yeah. To become more interactive, whatever yeah. like that. All right, let's see. Uh, shout outs to Skurmo, uh, Wisdom Since 70. Sounds like someone who probably really listens a lot just based on our names and that person's name. Uh, shout Nathan, out. Yeah, shout out. Uh, Nathan Patrick Hutton. Uh, artifacts who I've seen around quite a bit. Uh, Shane Venti, Solo Beats, uh, Anya Elites, Anna GZ, um, and also finally just, oh, Gista. Shout out okay. to Gista. Shout out um, to Gista. Yeah, and another one who's been around for a bit, JT More ATL. Sounds like he has a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, shout out to Jay Rizzle. I see uh Jay Rizzle uh posts us on Tumblr and listens uh, sometimes too. Alright, cool, cool. Sh shout out to all the listeners. Yeah, oh yeah, and finally Dion that texted me something. Oh yeah. Shout out, shout out. Um and yeah, hit us up. You know, comment, subscribe, like, favorite. Uh, you know, make sure you um hit us up channel ten podcast at gmail dot com, channel ten pod at Twitter, and uh you know just Google us you'll find us we out there. Yeah, no doubt. All right, I think that's a wrap. All right, peace. Peace. Feeling this here. Yeah, son, you feel it, man. What up, son? You gotta just do it, yo. Yo, what up, man? It's a different channel, son. What up, on, man? What up? Watch the channel, son. Different plane now, man. What up? All good, baby, in every hood, son. What up, yo? CNN Network Channel 10. It's on again. Street niggas, it's grown men. Whoa, face, get in your face. Stay in place, yo. Crime lace. Cast more beef than Scarface. CNN Network. Channel 10, it's on again. Street niggas, this grown man. Bold face, gather your face. Stay in place, yo. Crime lace, catch more people.